You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. I thank the Lord for blessing us with another day. Our God is so good. He's so faithful. And I am so thankful to God for everything. I'm thankful right now for this moment. And I'm thankful to the Lord for the revelation and for this ministry and for this word that he is going to use me to deliver. And I just want to go into prayer. God, you're so awesome. You're so great. You're so mighty. Hallelujah. We bless your holy name. We thank you. Hallelujah for your word. We thank you for your presence, God. And we're asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would just blow a fresh wind. Hallelujah. Of anointing upon my mouth right now in the name of Jesus. And we're asking that you speak by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Blow a fresh wind of anointing over this broadcast in Jesus name. Let this episode and the episodes to follow be anointed with your anointing. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, speak in the way that only you can speak. God, hallelujah. Reveal things to us in the way that only you can reveal in the name of Jesus, that we can truly know that we've sat in the presence of your spirit and we've been fed by your hand. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. And we say, speak Lord, your servants are listening. Hallelujah. Amen. I thank God. I thank God for this word. I thank God for his presence. He's such an awesome God. He's so faithful. He's so committed to us. And I thank him for that, that he has never failed us. Hallelujah. And I thank him because we can have that blessed assurance that he never will. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When everything else is uncertain around us, hallelujah, we can rest assured, hallelujah, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he delivered us before, hallelujah, he will deliver us again. Hallelujah. I thank God for his faithfulness. I thank him for his sovereign timing. When I think about deliverance happening over and over again, I think about when um, Joseph was in Egypt and his family was in the land of Canaan and they were in that famine and they needed deliverance from that situation. And God took the whole family, 66 people. He took them, placed them in Goshen. Hallelujah. He completely delivered them from the devastation and the poverty of the famine. And then we see 400 years later, thank you, Jesus, that he comes back and then he delivers that whole blood. He delivers the entire bloodline again. And as I was reading and I said, God will deliver you again and again. He will bring you out with a mighty hand over and over. Hallelujah. If you feel like they came back and now they, they brought in seven more and that, um, the old spirit makes the eighth spirit and they coming in and they're bothering you or you're going through some type of oppression that you feel like you already got through and you don't understand why it's happening again. I want you to know that even if you feel like this enemy is stronger, God is much stronger and he will work a mighty deliverance in your life just like he delivered them and it was nice the way he delivered them and it was a miracle the way he delivered them and he brought them into Goshen but when he brought them out when he brought them out 
Oh my goodness. When he brought them out of Egypt, that next deliverance, because the, the oppression was stronger. So then God's hand had to become stronger because he has to show, he has to show not just the enemy because the enemy knows, but he has to show you, hallelujah, who you're serving, who you're praying to, hallelujah, and who is answering you. So I thank God that he'll deliver us over and over again. And if we feel like the oppression is stronger, don't worry. God will come back with an even mightier hand. He is able, hallelujah, glory to the name of the Lord to deliver you from anything again and again. We don't want to keep getting into things again and again, but the fact of life is that we find ourselves going through things sometimes. And sometimes we get over those things and then we find ourselves going through something else. But I just want you to know to respect God's process, respect the process, stay prayerful through it. And I'm going to tell you why, because it's happening for a reason. And God is attempting to use your struggles and he's attempting to use this oppression to teach you something. Glory to the name of the Lord. So when we look back over the children of Israel, there's a bunch of things we can see. We see those things and it's kind of like what would be for them hindsight. They can't see it because they're in it. But when you look back over it, but see, we have this, this, this full picture of God. We have this enriched personal picture of God. So we know while we're in it right now, this very minute, even in the oppression, God is good. God is miraculous. We know his name and we can call upon it. And I just thank him for the power that he's given to his church. Hallelujah. So whatever you're going through, I just want to prophesy over you right now in the name of Jesus that you're coming out of it. Hallelujah. And God will deliver you with a mighty hand. Hallelujah. Have faith. Have faith because without it, it's impossible to please him. But just have faith and know that God will take you out. I'm so take you out of that situation. I'm so excited for this lesson. Bigger than your bloodline. This is speaking about Elijah's mantle. And I just thank the Lord for this revelation, um, which he has given me about Elijah's mantle. This to me is just amazing. It's all from God's spirit. And I'm so excited to be able to deliver this to you. Thank you, Jesus. So if you would turn with me to first Kings 17 and one, are we there? First Kings 17 and one. And I'm just going to read this short scripture and it says in Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word, hallelujah, I feel the anointing of God and I feel the Holy Spirit. So if y'all hear me get into speaking in tongues and all that stuff, just know that the Lord, I feel him so heavy upon me right now that, um, I, I, I can't, I, I don't even know, but I, I'm going to get into this and Lord, we are looking forward to what you are going to say. Hallelujah. God, we thank you so much. God is just so good. Okay. Okay. So when we, when we read the first, um, verse in the 17th chapter of first Kings, we find out about this man named Elijah. Hallelujah. This man from Tishbe named Elijah. And it says he was of the inhabitants of Gilead. And it just goes right into what we know as the beginning of 
his ministry, but clearly to be able to hear from God and to be able to operate in such prophetic precision, he had to have known God and already been taught and functioning and stirred up in that gift of prophecy that was in him because it wasn't just that he had the word. He also had the power. Thank you, Jesus. And we don't want just the word. We want the power. Why? Because that is indicative of the kingdom of God. What does the Bible say? The kingdom of God is not just in word. It's in power. So when we go over to first Kings, the 17th chapter and the 24th verse, this, uh, the, the widow in Zarephath, what does she say to Elijah? It says in the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord is um, in thy mouth is truth. And she said, I know that because you had the power to raise up my son, not just that you were speaking hallelujah, but the spirit of God actually confirms it with power because how many of us know a bunch of people can do a bunch of talking, but everybody does not have the power. Hallelujah. So Elijah, he comes and he comes with this word. Hallelujah. But also there's so much power in it that the word actually comes to pass that for three years, it won't rain, but according to his word, right? And so I remember hearing someone speaking about the prophet Elijah, and I had heard this so much about him before and um, never thought deeply into it. You would always hear people say, you know, Elijah, it just says that he came and, um, and it's always the same type of feel around the message. And um, they say, Elijah, he came and it doesn't mention his, his father or his mother, and he just came and God is going to be using people like that. And God is going to be bringing out people like that, that we won't even know, you know, where they've come from, but they're just going to show up and God is going to be using them. And we often hear about this, this prophetic word that God is using the nobodies, you know, people who we have no idea who they are. God is going to be using them in this season. So Elijah is used as the example of this. Okay. And so I was in prayer and this scripture, first Kings 17 and one, it came up in my spirit. It's like the Lord brought it, um, in my spirit. And I was thinking about it and the words that surrounded it, uh, that I usually hear, which is what I just told you. Um, those words also came up in my spirit. You know, he didn't come with a father or a mother. Nobody knew where he came from. He just came. And so I, I stood in prayer with the Lord and I said, but why? Why, God? Why was there no mention of Elijah's father and his mother? Because we know when we read scripture the Bible always tells us that somebody is the son of somebody from the tribe of whichever, right? This is always very clear. Um, and we know this because uh, this is these scriptures are a form of uh, history uh, for the Jewish people. And it is uh, um, a document of their bloodline or a, his, a historical document of their bloodline and it legitimizes bloodlines for them. So 
Um, when I interviewed a rabbi a couple of, a few years of definitely it's more than a couple of years ago. It was in 2015. Um, I interviewed a rabbi and he, t- he told me he was from the, the tribe of Levi. And so they would go back to scripture and they still do today to find out about their bloodline and to find out about their history. And so it's really unusual for someone who has such a prominent and powerful and relevant role in scripture to um, be mentioned without there being a, um, a mention of which tribe or who his father was and, you know, things of that nature. That, that's, that's, really, that's really unusual. And so I had to ask the Lord. I said, well, why? Because it was in me. And I said, well, they always say that there's no mention of his father and his mother. But why? Why, God? Why didn't you mention the bloodline that this man came from? Glory to the name of the Lord. And the Lord began to speak this message into my spirit, my God. And it, 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 (laughs) I don't have any words. I just have to give it to you um, by the spirit of God. So God told me that by establishing Elijah's name with no mention of his father's house or tribe, hallelujah, Jesus was setting Elijah, he was positioning him and he was presenting him not just to the Hebrew people, but also to the church as a forerunner and a preeminent figure. I need you. I need us to just, because I, I, I have to like calm down <laughs> so I can deliver this. I need us to go to Malachi just in, just in our minds in the fourth chapter right before, hallelujah, God takes us in to, to the foundations of this new covenant and he begins to tell us about the situation surrounding, hallelujah, the conception and the birth of our Lord. Hallelujah, those, those final words that, that he tells us from the old covenant before we enter into the new is, let's go there, let's go there, Malachi 4. Find me there. I'm turning. You all can hear me turning. Thank you, Jesus. We almost there. <laughs> I'm excited. So when I tell you I'm flipping these pages, I'm flipping. Here we go. Malachi 4, 6. So these are the final words that God has to say before we enter into the church age. I just need us to understand this. He says, we'll start at verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Hallelujah. And he shall return the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of Elijah actually begins to move. In the church age, I, I must say this is why Elijah couldn't die a, a, a death as we would know of a man to typically die because his assignment, it's alive and kicking. Hallelujah. Because that comment, that those scriptures in Malachi 4, 5, and 6, those scriptures are speaking of the apostolic ministry that was coming into the, uh, or coming to the new Testament church. I'm going to try to dial it back so I can actually present y'all with a lesson. (laughs) 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and um, a lesson which you can apply to your life. Okay, amen. Thank you, Jesus. But the Lord was setting Elijah up as a preeminent figure saying, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter who his father is. It does not matter who his mother is. It does not matter what tribe he has come from. So Elijah will never be remembered as the continuation of an error. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to release some anointing over y'all when I finish this lesson because I feel the spirit of God. Hallelujah. To, for me not to just speak this, but for me to impart this. Hallelujah. So, so, so Elijah will never be remembered as the continuation of an era. Rather, Elijah is the beginning of this era. Hallelujah. And it just keeps on going. Elijah is known as the beginning of an era. He's not the continuation. You don't have to worry about who his father was. He is a new thing that God birthed out. He was not associated with the natural bloodline. And guess what? He did not produce, hallelujah, a natural bloodline. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm excited right now. Um, he did not produce a natural bloodline. Thank you, Jesus, because his assignment was not natural. His assignment was supernatural. See, the bloodline is temporary. His assignment was not temporary. Hallelujah. His assignment is still going on today. Now, uh, uh, so Elijah's identity was not connected to his earthly father. Okay. God established that in first Kings, the 17th chapter, the first verse. Don't worry about who his earthly father is. That doesn't matter. His identity was completely connected to his heavenly father. Can I just, I'm just going to pause here and I'm going to prophesy to you that the reason why, and I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you who's listening. The reason why God has called you out, separated you, moved you to a different country, moved you to a different state, moved you to a different church, moved you into a higher doctrine. The reason why God has done this is because he's establishing something eternal in you. And sometimes we get so caught up in the fact that, well, God is separating me that we don't see God has an eternal will for the separation. Maybe just maybe your bloodline cannot hold. It does not have the capacity to hold the type of anointing that God wants to place upon your life. So in order for you to walk in that anointing, hallelujah, you have to be separated from your bloodline. Did we think that, that when Elijah is just completely separated, it makes no mention of his father. It's because his father had nothing to do with the prophet he had become. And a lot of us are going through this processing to become the prophets and the prophetesses and the leaders God has created us to be. And no, we can't learn that from our bloodlines. No, we can't learn that from our father's house. 
that 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 what God is doing, not just in you, but in this season, because we're in a very unique season and we're seeing some unique things play out and we're seeing God moving. Hallelujah. And doing things that he just has not done. And we also hear this ongoing cry for revival. So 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 who's going to be used to do it? It has to be a unique individual. Remember when there's a unique message, hallelujah, and a unique anointing and a unique power. God will call out a unique individual. So Elijah wasn't like Obadiah. He wasn't just, you know, in, in the um, kingdom with Ahab and bowing down to Jezebel and then prophesying for Jehovah sometimes. Elijah was completely unique from those prophets that were being hidden. He was one who was hidden, who had not bowed down to Baal. Well, Elijah, he was out actually doing the work. He wasn't hidden. He wasn't hidden. He was out. He had a unique, a unique, a unique person with a unique anointing, unique message, unique purpose. And in order for him to operate in that in its fullest capacity, perfect according to the will of the Lord, he had to be separated from his family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His identity could no longer be connected to his family because his family would not be able to take any credit for the power in the ministry that God had set aside for him. His family's name did not bear the weight or the fruit necessary for Elijah to be able to even continue in it. It was a, whatever they had was unnecessary in conjunction with what God was doing in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. If it's making some of the things that you've been going through make sense, some of the rejection. And a lot of us are fighting to still attempt to hold on to those relationships that God is saying, no, that's it. Move on. Elijah was not called to produce earthly sons, right? Just like he wasn't connected to his earthly father, he wasn't called to produce earthly sons. He was connected to his heavenly father, his spiritual father, and he was called to produce spiritual sons. Now let's talk about Elijah's mantle birthing out spiritual sons. This thing is so deep that it wasn't just with Elisha. It wasn't just with him. Thank you, Jesus. This anointing went on and on and on generation after generation after generation. And then we see it alive and working and well in this unique prophet named John the Baptist. And for those of us who are not sure what I'm talking about, Jesus actually confirms that John the Baptist is this one who um, scripture says would come in the spirit of Elijah and um, he would restore basically this, this father-son relationship in the, the earth realm by the spirit of God. And so we see Elijah's mantle and it keeps on traveling and it keeps on going. It does not end with him and it does not end on the bones of Elisha. It keeps going and it keeps 
traveling and we may not see it, but God continues to keep it alive and he continues to work it. And if we know anything about the Essenes, I won't really get into it, but they were these prophets who were in a cave and uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls are attributed to them. The reason why I'm mentioning them is because historically it is known that John the Baptist dwelt with them. Okay, so we see this unique group of prophets and they're living in these unique situations. Thank you, Jesus. See, they're completely separate and out of them, God births. Remember, this is still Elijah's mantle. God births this message, this message that paves the way for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't, I, I, I feel full. <laughs> okay, so forgive me for pausing there, but I want to take it back to Malachi. Because this anointing that God put on Elisha, it wasn't, it wasn't just for him, it was for us. And it was to establish, see, what wasn't what wasn't in the kingdom at uh, uh, during Elijah's um, earthen ministry when he actually walked the earth? There was no there was no real order. There was no real respect for um, God or His prophets, and people just did whatever they wanted to do. And it really was no fathers. We can't consider Ahab, even though he had that place of authority. We can't consider him to be a father. And so what happened was the people that he was supposed to rule over and the people he was supposed to govern, they just went any kind of way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But when we get to Malachi 4 and 6, the Bible tells us that the spirit of Elijah, he's still on assignment and his, his assignment is to establish order. And so we see this, his assignment, it is, it shows up, it's active, it's, and it's alive in the earth realm when Christ shows up on the scene. And it is the anointing, and it is the mantle that Jesus uses to declare who he is. To declare the message that would precede his earthen ministry. So that is how deep and how thick Elijah's anointing really is. I won't even say was because I can still see Elijah's anointing working in the true apostolic ministry, still birthing out people. Um, and I say that because the Bible says that the spirit of Elijah is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers. And if this does not happen, if the spirit of Elijah does not continue to work through the church, then God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to smite this place with a curse. And I think that the lack of fatherhood that we see in the body of Christ, along with the lack of order and respect that we see from the people who are supposed to be led is the reason why we see so much turmoil and strife within the earth. When the church gets it together, then the world will fall in line because they will actually have a standard. We are so, we're so um, conditioned with attempting to make them comfortable that we're not even getting them saved anymore. We just want them to come to church. We don't even want to talk to them about baptism, repentance. No, we just want to, just to say they came, but 
we have to return the hearts of the sons back to the fathers. You're supposed to be birthing these people out into what? Into God's kingdom. This is more, this is bigger than just the school of the prophets that we um, can say that, you know, Elisha was in and that Samuel started and all that stuff. This is bigger than that. This is the church age. And God says, I'm going to have that same mantle that was on Elijah come into this earth age, um, this church age. Before I end this, I want to pray a prayer of impartation upon you and you can receive it if you say, you know what, I, I want to operate in this type of mantle. I want to operate in this type of authority. I want God to reveal to me his heart about the church and put a message in my mouth, hallelujah, that will restore order. And I want the Lord to give me the boldness that Elijah had when he went up to Ahab that I don't care what the leaders will think. I just want to be who God has created me to be. I want to see this, this will of God restored in the church, or I want to see it multiplied. Not that it's not there, but we want to see it multiplied. If that's you and you say, you know what? I want this anointing. I want this mantle. I want the continuation of that ministry that was started. I want that to rest upon me. I want to see this, this apostolic ministry restored. I want to see the sons return to the fathers and the fathers return to the sons. I want to continue in that spirit and um, the message, same message that was in John the Baptist's mouth. It was so major that even Jesus preached the same message. And it's this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you touch every one of your children. Every son and daughter who's listening to this broadcast right now in the name of Jesus. And with their hands lifted up, Father, I ask God that you release the anointing of Elijah's mantle upon them, God. Release the confidence. Release the fellowship with your spirit and the communion with your spirit. Release it upon them. Hallelujah. God, we're asking that you go into their prayer closets and that you clear out every distraction in the name of Jesus and that you set that place on fire with your spirit. And God, we're asking that their prayer life increases and that it deepens in the name of Jesus Christ. We're asking God that you begin to do a mighty work in them, God, in the name of Jesus. And God, we ask that you give them the heart of a son according to their anointing or the heart of a father. And we're asking that the anointing and the order be established and restored among your people in the name of Jesus Christ. We're asking for a fresh wind, not to just be upon us, but to be upon the church. Give us understanding that we're walking in a mighty mantle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With a mighty assignment. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord God, we love you. We thank you. And we receive it now all in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you're such an awesome God. And we just thank you so much for fellowshipping with us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Destined Women Ministries podcast. I pray this fellowship was edifying, enlightening, and encouraging. If our fellowship 
blessed you today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. While you're at it, share this episode with friends, family, co-workers, social media followers, or anyone you believe would benefit from this teaching. And I'll be right back here every Monday and Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Destin Women Ministries podcast. For more information about this ministry, please visit www.destinedwomenministries.com.